Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. As of last week, there was an 80-year-old senior living in his car. According to Debbie Wood, an intensive housing support worker with the Help Centre, She's not quite sure where he is. Last time she spoke with him, he was told he could not sleep in his car where he had parked. He had moved on, so he had decided to go deeper into hiding where nobody would bother him. Today's show looks at the struggles of seniors. It looks at the growing number of homeless seniors there are in Northumberland County. Debbie Wood will tell us all about it. Close to half her caseload are seniors facing homelessness. I'm so pleased to have with me today, Debbie Wood, an intensive housing support worker with the Help Center. Welcome to Consider This. Good afternoon, Robert. You have made presentations before politicians explaining the situation for some seniors who are finding themselves homeless or threatening to become homeless in Northumberland County. Can you give us an overview of what is happening to these people? majority, no, all of my seniors are losing their housing due to hot real estate markets, um, rental evictions. Um, We have a number of investors that have come into our county and bought older apartment buildings, okay? Um, Basically pushing our seniors, many of our residents, out of the rental market because it's no longer affordable. Um, and these people have been they've, been, they've been in their homes for anywhere from five to 20 plus years. So they're paying, you know, what is a very reasonable rent on their limited incomes. Um, and now they're being faced with what they were paying for rent, say 600 in an apartment, they can't even rent a room. And, and why should we expect our seniors be pushed off into a room where they lose their quality of life? Maybe they have pets, senior pets. They have to relinquish them, right? Um, so lots of rental evictions, um, hot real estate markets, and there was a special I think it was on the fifth estate, and they were talking about people coming in, buying apartment buildings that are, they, they may need some work. Um, so they're buying them at not a bad price um, and turning them into luxury condos. You know, that's all through the county. But, you know, we have horror stories in Campbellford with that. So where, where do we put these people? And the situation is, um, if a senior becomes homeless, you know, depending on 
their capacity, their um, medical issues, their accessibility. They transition house is really not the place for them if there's no rooms in the overflow motel rooms. Where do they go? There is nowhere for them to go, and that to me is a is a major concern. You know, like I I talked about this week about two of my senior clients are in cars, okay, sleeping. And that that just stresses me beyond. How many people have come to you recently seeking help? Okay, so first quarter of the year, okay, I had six seniors so that that would be 61 plus age okay and this last quarter the last three months i have had 15 new ones come to my my case right now not just with seniors but overall i have 58 clients on my case notes and my coworker, Miri, who does housing two days a week, I think she said she has 25. And that's just one agency, right? When you say 25, do you mean 25, 25 seniors clients. or 25 altogether? No, 25 altogether. So, but out of my um, 58 clients, I currently have 21 that are seniors. So almost half your clients. Yeah. Are, are seniors right now yep. that you're dealing yep. with. Yep, yes. Now, just so people understand, because maybe not everybody knows about the Help Center. Can you just tell us a little bit about the Help Center and what it is you do at the Help Center and why people come to you? Okay, so the Help Center is a nonprofit organization funded by United Way Northumberland. We assist people that are unemployed, um, the disadvantaged, the vulnerable of Northumberland through our programs. We have a number of really good programs, but, it, but people always say, you know, until, until you need us, you don't know about us, right? Um, yeah, so, but we have, you know, the uh, income tax program that brings a lot of money into back into the community. We have um, the housing program, money management, energy program, um, partners in learnings, seniors program, and the landlord liaison program. So we do a lot for a little agency. We're, um, we're very focused on our clients. Um, this, this is my really the first job in the field. I've only been in, in this field for four years. I went back to school at 58. So I could come into this field. And I, I love it here because we have a great communication. Um, we're very, very good with the clients. And, and who, funds, who funds the Help Center? Okay, so the United Way, Northumberland, is our biggest fundraiser, um, funder. Um, then the County of Northumberland, I believe they fund 
three, four maybe programs. Yeah. Now I'd like to take us back to talking about the seniors. Mm -hmm. Can yeah. you give us some examples without any identifying details of what these people are facing? You mentioned briefly that some are sleeping in cars, they don't really know where to go, but can you share with us again, without identifying yeah. uh, some of the stories, please? Okay, all of them, not most of them, all of them are on a fixed income. So that would be anywhere from say, 1600 to really high end would be 1800 and there's some that are under 1600 um they're seniors were the only group of people during the pandemic that really did not get any support we you know we expect you know everyone to live on two thousand dollars a month but seniors they're not getting and they I think there was like a $300 and a $500 payment. Um, you know, some of them did, um, right or wrong. Okay, they did collect CERB and so they're paying for it. Their GIS was cut back. They've just had it reinstated. But so the majority of these people live on um, very limited income. Finding a, a job back in the workforce it's not an option for many of them. Before you go on, you've mentioned a number of terms. And just so to wrap that up, you mentioned GIS, you mentioned some dollar figures. Would you just take a second? I'll, I'll bring us back, but just take a second for people who don't understand that terminology and how that works. Could you just explain it, please? Okay. So when you turn 60, you are eligible, whether you collect it at 60 or not but the CPP and the pension plan. And then of course, when you're 65, you get OAS, which is the old age security. And if those two numbers do not bring you up to a certain figure, okay, then you qualify for the guaranteed income supplement, the GIS. Now I did interrupt you, you were talking about uh, income, and then you started to talk about jobs and people going out to try and yeah. get jobs. Would you could you pick it up from there, please? Thank you. Okay, so many of our seniors, um, they very hard for them to go back into the workforce because of maybe accessibility, um, medical issues, um, things like that, and you know. There's a lot of jobs out there, but do we, you know, do we force them back to the workforce, right? Um, after they have given pretty much all their life to us and, and the community. Um, so Is there a need for, for people like that in the, in the workforce? I mean, are employers open to hiring seniors like that? I think like that, that, you know, there are certain jobs that are naming them um out there okay um you know more so in the retail field or fast foods um which is minimum wage and if they make too much then their gs gis gets clawed back right and um 
So then if you've got someone on ODSP, which is the Ontario Disability Support Program, as a basic income, all they're getting is $11.69 a month. If they're on OW, they get around $734 a month. So, you know, we give everyone $2,000 a month and say this is what is, you know, expected to live on. And yet we expect our seniors and our OW and ODSP recipients to live on this tiny amount of money. Can you help us better understand some of the things that you've talked about earlier? You referenced them, and I'd like to come back to them. And one yeah. of the terms that you used was renovations. Yeah. People might so, not be aware of what that is. And can you explain a little bit more about how that so, works and how yeah. it impacts the seniors? Okay, so I can touch on that a bit, um, but that's more like anything like that. We would refer to our legal center here, um, but a renovation is basically um, evicting people so that landlords can renovate. And some landlords will give tenants 3,000, 1,000, I don't know, whatever the amount for them to move out of the apartment. Um, and technically they're supposed to, I think, yeah, you know what? I don't think I wanna go on that, okay? Because I don't know enough about um, if they, what the laws are with them putting the back in. I, I understand. And yeah. I know that there is the legal center that is yeah. also a, a partner of, yeah. of yours that, yeah. that I know you probably refer people to. What I yeah. am though interested in is, is could you give us a story again, without identifying details, but just, can you tell us a story maybe about a couple or an individual who has faced this kind of thing, this renovation and what they went through? Can you share okay. something like that with us, please? So we had um, a number of clients that lived in an old building. Um, an investment firm from Toronto has bought the building, um, turned, wanting to turn it into luxury condos. The clients all but one took the buyout and they've you know, moved in with family if they're lucky enough, or yeah, most of them have moved in with family. The one that is still left, you know, refuses to take the buyout because the person knows that they're not going to be able to find another place. So she, this person is not budging from the apartment. And so that that's still going through legal. You also mentioned that uh, some are sleeping in cars. How, yes. how many people are in that kind of a situation? So right now I have two that are sleeping in cars. Um, one is, you know, close to 80 years old. And I, you know, being a young senior, Okay. <laughs> um, I would never want to find myself in that position. I would never want to find my mother or my grandparents in that situation. So, you know, 
the two that I have sleeping in cars, they were woken up in the early hours of the morning and told to move on. But unfortunately, where do they move on to? There is nowhere. Okay, so one went deeper into hiding with their car and the other went to the Porto, the Porto Long route. Someone might be listening and saying, well, how, how can these people not say get into a retirement home or a facility like that? What, what, oh what, what, what's the barrier there? Okay, so retirement homes will run you 3,500 plus. They're very expensive. And then long-term care homes, um, you know, most, most of these clients, are, you know, they're seniors, but they're not ready for that confinement of a long-term care. And with their incomes, the long-term care option is a really long wait because we don't, much like rentals, there are not enough affordable long-term care homes. So I do have, um, you know, over the last year, I've had um, a couple clients that were going to be homeless and they, um, because there was some medical issues, they both went into the hospital until they could get into a long-term care. Yeah, so it's, it's like, there's so many, homeless is so costly. If people would only realize how much the, the everyday cost with a homeless person compared to if they were housed, right? It's a big difference because you're looking at your EMS services, um, hospital, everything. Are there other factors that we haven't talked about yet that are contributing to this situation of homelessness for seniors? So there, there's also um, some that are having accessibility issues where they, I have such a need for ground floor, main floor units because they can no longer do stairs or if there's a building with an elevator, they're very costly. Um, so probably out of my 21 clients, I would say 19 of them can no longer really do, I mean, they, they say, Debbie, you know, we could, we could probably do a few stairs, but um, I don't know, you know, it gets harder and harder all the time. So those main floor units, they're, they're at a real premium. Is there any financial help people can access if they find themselves in this precarious position? Are there any programs or agencies besides yourselves that can help? When we, when someone becomes homeless, um, we refer them to Transition House and then Transition House, if there's, you know, again, if they don't have the medical and all that, those issues, um, and if there's a bed available, which 
you know, there's not very many beds over there. They're at capacity all the time. Um, then they could put them, if there was a room available at the designated motel, okay, um, and that's covered. You know, the county will pay for not very often because it's very costly. Motels for a month, they're going to run people $2,200 minimum. So, when, you know, once, once someone gets housed, there's, you know, the housing benefits. There's the housing allowance benefit, okay? So that, that's through the county. I believe it goes to 2024. And the only thing is you have to have rents that fall into a certain price, okay? So if you find a say a bachelor for 1059 okay then you would probably qualify for the housing allowance benefit and for a single person it's 300 there's also um, private landlord subsidies but they're few there's not a whole lot and that's basically the unit that is subsidized um, and then we have um, which is probably, one of my favorites, the Canada Ontario housing benefit. It's um, they have to to in order to qualify for that, um, they do have to sign up for the rent geared to income, and then once that application is in, then we sign them up for the wait list for the Canada Ontario housing benefit, and that works on um, income, rent and how many people are in the house. And it can be very beneficial to clients. It goes to 2029. So I spend a lot of time doing, you know, and all, all my seniors, God bless them, but they go, you know, oh my God, Deb, you're, you're making me do an application for rent year to income, and it's a 10 year plus wait. Oh my God, I will be dead by the time I get one of those. And I go, but hold on. Let's do this and then sign you up for the, the Canada Ontario housing benefit, which the wait list, I believe it's at close to two years now. So, and that's and that's an that's a rent supplement that you can carry, Robert, anywhere through Ontario. But in order to receive it, you have to be in Northumberland County when your name comes up. But you can take that anywhere in Ontario. It's it just boggles my mind. So help me, and I hope help the listeners understand. If I'm hearing you correctly, there's all there's there are programs, but the wait times that that doesn't help anybody. Yeah. If if they're sitting in so, front of you right now with the threat of being yep. kicked out at the end of the month. Yeah. So I go through that on pretty much a daily basis, you know, there's, like I, I told you when we were talking off mic, that I'm very passionate and I, um, I, I can really, I relate to my clients. I have much lived experience in all aspects of what I do. Um, and there's sometimes like come the end of the day, I am mentally 
exhausted. Fridays, I just want to go home some days and cry. I mean, some days when I get off the phone with a client, a senior that is, is upset, is crying because they're terrified they're going to be homeless. And I'm, I'm, I've got to watch it here because I'm going to start crying because what do, what do you say to these people? Like, honestly, there are days when we go, oh my God, I feel useless. Like I'm, I'm holding hands, trying to reassure people that it will be okay. And then when you start approaching them about moving out of a county, out of the town, that this is all they know. They've lived here their whole life. They have raised their families here. They've worked here. Now they're seniors and we don't have anything for them. Realistically. Um, so it's, it's really, really hard. You know, when I bring up that topic about what does it look like, you know, um, when I'm talking with clients, one of the, you know, I always go, okay, so let's do the intake, do the intake. This is what you're looking for. So we always have to go to a plan B. What does plan B look like to you? And seniors, they're really afraid they're gonna end up on the street, you know, and, and to leave Northumberland, like I have housed some in Trenton, um, Peterborough, because at times Peterborough has been cheaper. Trenton, it's, you know, I, I would say Trenton is cheaper than what we are. Um, someone told me that Coburg is in the top 10 for the highest rents. You know, why? I don't get it. That's a question I always ask. Why? Yes, we have a beautiful beach or, you know, and there, there'll be times like I'll take phone calls from people that they live outside of the county and they go, oh, I live, you know, say in Whitby or wherever. And they, why do you want to move to, oh, it's so beautiful there. It's so pretty. And I go, please don't move here because our, vacancy rate is 0 0.3 and I start telling them some of the rents and they're like oh my I never realized it was that expensive to live in apartments there what is the role of a family towards their elderly members oh that's that's a hard one um there's families that are stretched themselves, um, maybe living in a small space with children. Um, then there's, and these are the heartbreaking stories where there is no support for senior parents from their kids. And um, as, as a mother of two sons, I would be devastated if my sons left me to my own accord because of some, maybe I made a mistake in the past or whatever reason, like sometimes the family dynamics will just not allow. Um, and then other times you have seniors that they're too proud 
And so you have to try to talk them through that, that, you know, let's look at this a short term. Let's not look at it as a long term. Um, and if it, you know, if, if we have no other choice than to put senior in a room, that, that breaks me because they, they lose all of their personal treasures, their quality of life, because it's not like they can have the family or friends over for dinner or watch TV or, or whatever. They have a room, that is it. Um, so I always say like, if that's our late last, very last possibility, then let's not look at it as long-term. It's not long-term. It's just, it beats the other options. I've read studies and uh, information from elsewhere about the toll on the mental health of seniors. Can you talk a bit about what you've witnessed and experienced? Okay, so I am not a mental health specialist, um, but I certainly have seen there's, there's a higher depression. And, and, you know, when a client goes, like, I'm old, Debbie, nobody wants me anymore. I'm useless. So it doesn't really matter if I end up on the street. And I, and I had a client say to that, that to me, I'll just, you know, go and sleep under a bridge. No one will care. And it's like, so you see a greater level of depression um, than I did, say, four years ago when I first got into this. So, yeah, there's whew, some, some heartbreaking stories with senior members of our community. If someone is listening, what can they do? You know, if you are able to build a, a granny suite in your home um, and offer reasonable rent, you know, please do it because we need somewhere and, and also seniors, they still want to be useful. And maybe, you know, it might be company for them to have someone else on the property. I, I don't know, like, honestly, Robert, I, I just want people to open their eyes and open the hearts to what the situation is. Um, like you, you've caught me on a Friday of a very powerful week. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I just want people to really stop looking at people like they don't matter. You know, I hear some pretty negative comments um, from people that are not less fortunate. And it, it breaks my heart. To be honest, I just, 
and I have to walk away. You made a number of presentations to various local politicians. What is the next steps as far as you're concerned in terms of some of the advocacy that you've been doing lately? So I have next steps. And so I, I think the next step is to, I, I would like, you know, to see somewhere that we can, even if it's temporary, to house the seniors that are facing evictions. Um, and I, I don't want to say, you know, So there is only one senior shelter, okay? I, I would like something that would cater more for our senior population because we're, we're only going to see these numbers grow, okay? If they're lucky enough to have a car, we are going to see more of that. Um, so and the only senior shelter is, I think it's in Brampton or something. So I think I'm just stopping like when people move out of units, and this, this is a problem. Landlords will raise the rents anywhere from $300 to $1,000, you know? And if a senior doesn't have a good credit score or has no credit, um, because there's many seniors that don't have credit cards and, you know, or their partners, you know, and they're now widowed. Um, so I, I would like to know that if I get that call from the senior or I'm told they're living in a car that I have a, a safe alternative place to house them temporary. Not, you know, I don't want, it's not about long-term, it's just keeping them safe. Debbie Wood, I appreciate so much that you've talked to me today. Thank you. That was Debbie Wood, an intensive housing support worker with the Help Center. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, 
please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.